I don't want to talk about bicycles, but I feel I owe it to myself. <laughs> Uh, bicycle activists got a big play in the uh, Star Tribune today. Uh, a Highland Park uh, resident named Tom Baskin uh, is helping to organize for safer bike lanes on Summit Avenue. And there's a picture of this uh, fellow uh, posed with the so-called ghost bike. Right. It's on the familiar. corner of Summit and Snelling. Mm-hmm. That's in memory of cyclist Alan Gron. Uh, who died? What mid May? Yes. And what? Well, and to the best we can determine from the reporting of the facts, the cyclist was at fault. I'm sorry, he's gone. A well loved guy, all that. You, you with me? Yes. Euphorians, I'm not. It's a shame. But why is a ghost bike put up in memory of a guy who essentially brought about his own demise? And why is his death being used to justify uh, the idea that uh, cyclists need more protection on Summit Avenue? This was an entirely preventable accident. Right. And there was nothing you could do in the intersection. You can't create a bicycle unless you're going to build a tunnel or a bridge. Can't do that. What are you going to do with the intersection? And you'd be building a tunnel or a bridge to aid and abet the cyclists, not Following the laws of the road. Right. Uh, I would say the the bike lanes on Summit is such a wide street that the bike lanes are plentiful. We have elected people who retire to the salon and believe that they have a moral and ethical obligation to reduce dependence on the internal combustion engine. Is that a fair statement? Yes. Failing to realize that that still is the majority of transportation in the Twin Cities, if not the country, if not the world, is the internal combustion engine. And yet we keep trying to be sold on the idea that the bicyclists and pedestrians should rule the roadways. We we went off the beaten path with the pedestrian laws of what, what's it getting to be now, 10 years ago or so, uh, where you took a flag from a barrel and walked across the street and put it in the barrel on the other side. Kids were much safer when you said, kids, wait, and look both ways and wait your turn. Stop, look, and listen. But we, so that horse has left the barn. And so now the motorists are, uh, you have to be extra careful as a motorist. Because there's many, many bicycle, many bicyclists are not to be trusted. Many are, but because many aren't, it's your responsibility to make sure they don't run into you. Right. Or you run into them. We, uh, Royce and I and Manny had lunch at Sea Salt down here. Mm-hmm. Coming back to the station on Sea West- Salt over at Minnehaha Park. Yeah. It's, it's pretty good stuff. Oh, it's great stuff. Yeah. But coming back on West River Parkway. Mm-hmm. How many, there's at least, what, eight times where you intersect with the bike path? Yes. On that ride? I would imagine. Twice. Neither one of the bikers looked for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm going to stop because I see him, so I'm slowing down. But that's awfully brave. 
Tom Baskin is part of a group called Safety on Summit, which is asking for big changes. Protected lanes, bicycle lane markings through intersections, and traffic signals that give pedestrians and bicyclists a head start. Why? I'm I'm all for the for, for pedestrians and bicycles to live long, healthy lives. Okay. But Wha- you you shouldn't come before the automobile. You you envision a utopian world where this evil automobile doesn't exist. That is not reality. It's just not reality. That day could be coming. That day could be coming when there are no automobiles. But you're not even remotely close to that yet. Not remotely close. But why is it our obligation? I I want everybody safe, but why is it our obligation to provide the streets with a bike lane? When did that become a must-have? Is it because the, the bicyclists... They kept moving the line and inching it in their yeah, favor, yeah. and now it's it's almost as if it's a right. But to do this, to 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 foster this new movement along Summit Avenue, compelled most principally by the death of Al Gran, is disingenuous. By all accounts, he brought about his own demise. And again, I apologize. I'm sorry for him. I'm sorry for his family. Well loved guy. But you're using the death of a lawbreaker to demand more attention to your bicycling. As if to say, see, look what happened here. It's, it's unsafe. The group has started a petition and will hold a town hall meeting Tuesday evening, I guess that's tonight, at McAllister College to discuss potential improvements and give people an opportunity to talk about their experiences bicycling and walking along the corridor, meaning Summit Avenue. Safety on Summit organizer Laura Nielsen, also of Highland Park, said the group plans to organize events throughout the summer. All right. City officials, including city council members and staff and Mayor Melvin Carter's office, are trying to figure out how to make the intersection of Summit and Snelling Avenue safer. Well, it's it's pretty damn safe if you follow the stoplights. And even when you follow the stoplights, you better look both ways before you take off on a green because there are bad motorists who run red lights. Right. Well, I'm trying to think, what is the rule? If you're in the crosswalk, you're supposed to walk your bicycle across the crosswalk. That if I you're did. in the bike lane, you must just be able to keep riding at an intersection. Uh, the intersection, Snelling and Summit, is not included in the city's five-year capital improvement plan, and 2018 city funding for bicycle and pedestrian improvements has already been dedicated to another project. Uh, the city knows that we need to increase our facilities. It's just the funding and the planning process that we need to get caught up on, said City Council Member Samantha Henningsen, whose western St. Paul ward reaches the Summit and Snelling intersection. The mayor's office has asked the Department of Public Works to look into possible safety improvements at Summit and Snelling, and department staff are considering a range of possible fixes, such as new lane striping, signage, and traffic signals. Would somebody explain to me how that would have prevented the death of Mr. Grant? Would not have. The bus still has to turn. The biker still wants to beat the light. And I told you my story uh, a couple weeks ago. The intersection of Otis and Marshall. Had a must have had some stoplight uh, maintenance right. being performed because all four lights were blinking red, meaning uh, everybody take your turn. Four-way stop. And the bikers came flying through there and didn't stop. 
And if you weren't alert as a car driver, you were going to pick somebody off. You wouldn't have picked them off. They would have picked themselves off. So I, what, what, what do you want? What, what do the, well, what you must want is this utopian vision of complete freedom to ride as you f- feel free to without adhering to the rules of the road. Which, which makes you a hypocrite because 99.9% of all people on bicycles also own automobiles where presumably they follow the law. Do you routinely see cars blowing through red lights? No. It happens, but do you see it routinely? I do not see it routinely. Uh, cars stop. Because Snelling is a trunk highway that Minnesota Department of Transportation has jurisdiction City officials said they're hopeful MnDOT will be willing to partner with the city to help cover project costs. <laughs> oh, what are the Why costs? Why do you need already? a project there? It's what, what's the plan? How much is it already? Summit is our most heavily used bike route in the city, so we certainly have an interest in continuing to make it functioning well for people, said Chief Resiliency Officer Russ Stark. There we go. Who's leading work on improvements to the intersection from the mayor's office? Finally, Russ has something to do. Ah, okay. I think he's designing a little military-style uniform for himself. <laughs> with medals, with medals yeah. cling, clinging and clanging. Though advocates for bicycle and pedestrian safety are still waiting for details, they say there seems to be a growing momentum around improving Summit. Okay. Mike Son, a member of the Mac Groveland Community Council's Transportation Committee, has been advocating for protected Summit Avenue bike lanes for years. How would that have prevented Grand's death? And the answer is, it would not have but you're ruling from the salon and you're not linking up your various dynamics. He said Grand's death has brought more awareness to the corridor as well. It should stop at the red light. Is this a, who's that? Rook. Doug. Doug? Yeah. You're on the air. Afternoon, Afternoon Joe. Hi. Um, it's a little bit off the subject of that gentleman that got hit, but as far as what happens if they hit me when I stop at the stoplight and go through, they should have insurance on the bikes to pay for any, you know, just like cars. And who's going to pay for all this stuff? Don't you think they should have some kind of registration? Like we have to have plates on our cars to help pay for roads? Well, I think their argument would be that they're already, you know, as a cyclist, you're already paying for the road through various taxes. Plus, all of them, uh, all of them drive automobiles. Yeah, but who's going to pay if they run into my car when I made the legal stop and I pulled out and they ran through their red light? I. That's a good question. I don't know. I hope I don't experience that. Okay. All right. Summit Avenue is is a lovely avenue. And, and I think I've referenced this earlier. What will the historic preservation commissioners do? Those are the guys that shine their badges when they right. don't like the color <laughs> of your carpet. Yeah. What will the historic preservation do if suddenly concrete barriers are lining Summit Avenue? <laughs> Not in my backyard. <laughs> harumph, harumph. harumph. That's a harumph. Yeah. We must do something yeah, about Yeah, that would this. be very unsightly. Not elegant or stately. All right, just a moment. Cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. I'm like Stevie Ray Vaughan on the stage. High on music. Teeth. 
start talking. Gotta go. Gotta go. For many reasons, I have biked year-round for years, even before bike lanes. I obey traffic laws about 90% of the time, but my major rule is that I presume I am invisible. I don't like my odds otherwise. Sedan versus Trek is a gruesome fight. Cars should and shall have the upper hand. This is as it should be on the streets. Well, there's a biker with his head on his shoulders. That's how I treated motorcycling. I just assumed everyone was out to kill me. <laughs> nice, relaxing ride. Yeah. Tim? Yeah. Hi. Hi. Say, uh, love the show. I'm an avid biker. I live out in the Buffalo area, and we have hundreds of miles of paved bike paths. Okay. And yet, the majority, and this is not an exaggeration, the majority of people on bikes don't ride on the bike path. They prefer to ride on the side of the road. I have no idea why we have these beautiful bike paths. They're safe. You don't have to worry about the mom texting while she's driving her minivan on the shoulder. You're safe, but they prefer to ride on the road. So I don't think it matters if you put more bike paths in. It won't matter. They'll still ride on the road. I wish I could account for that, but I cannot. Thank you, sir. I think I have something that can explain everything. Tell me. I think I have something that can explain everything we discuss. Everything? We're getting dumber. How? What do you mean? I th- dumber, I thought we were getting Times, smarter. According to the Times of London, the IQ scores of people have begun to fall after rising steadily since the Second World War, according to the first authoritative study of the phenomenon. The decline, which is equivalent to at least seven points per generation, is thought to have started with the cohort born in 1975 who reached adulthood in the early 90s. Scientists say that the deterioration could be down to changes in the way maths and languages are taught or to a shift from reading books to spending time on television and computers. Yet it is also possible that the nature of intelligence is changing in the digital age and cannot be captured with traditional IQ tests. The turning point marks the end of a well-known but poorly understood trend in declining IQs. It's the Samer theory. Maybe the Samer theory is making everyone dumber. Wow. We're cooking our brains. Yeah. IQs are declining now. They were on a rise after World War II. Yeah. Now they're on the way down because people are dummies. Want an example? Yeah, give me an example. Here's a gal, unnamed, who went to the Winstock Country Music Festival. I don't know where that is. In Winstead, maybe? Okay. And yeah, it's, got, it's held in Winstead every year. She got her head stuck in a tailpipe of a truck. Huh? Alcohol was suspected. <laughs> Let me ask you something. Yeah. How in the hell big was the tailpipe? You can't get a head in a tailpipe. Large pipes save lives. There's a picture of her here. Her head's in the tailpipe of this truck. It is a big tailpipe. So somebody decided to snap a photo of her with her head stuck in rather than help her. No one knows how she got there or what motivated the (laughs) incident. 
but alcohol may have played a role. Yeah, I think huh. so. The McLeod County Sheriff's Department confirmed she was cited for underage drinking and escorted from the grounds once her head was removed from the exhaust pipe. The Winstead Fire Department was called in, and they had to use a power saw to get her out. Oh, her Her head her, was in the exhaust head. pipe. Not her hair, but her entire head. Her whole head. head's in there. Huh. I mean, I've heard of people putting a banana in the tailpipe, but never your head. No. Why would you put a banana in a tailpipe? Uh, stop the cops from trailing you. <laughs> Why don't you just leave? Why don't you just why don't you just quit torturing yeah. me and just if leave. there's two cops on a stakeout and they're trying to tail a guy, you uh you pay a waiter or somebody to distract them, you put the banana in the tailpipe, and when you take off they can't follow you. It's a uh, Beverly Hills cop reference. <laughs> it's not a quote. It's not a quote. It worked. It's a big, uh, it's a big tailpipe. Oh, the big tailpipe. Yeah, she, that's, she had her head in there. But it had to be. She right. she really has a tiny. She had, yeah. Uh, she either has a tiny head, even with a small. See, you couldn't get your head in there. I would, I would ding it all up. But, you know, I would, I would wreck it like when you, when you wreck the gutter. You know, it, uh, I would, I would crease it. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you it worked. Mm-hmm. Bruce? Yes? Just a moment. We'll be back in just a moment. He's but, coming in here. Don't get locked. Oh, you're, don't you'll have, be visited. Well, I'm going to stab you in the a, heart with a pencil. It was a reference, not a quote. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be uh, back, but thanks to our friends in Owatonna, Minnesota, at Federated Insurance, where it's their business to protect your business, and nobody does that better than Federated. It's Bruce Vale from the Wall Street Journal. And your money now. You know, I read that story. Apparently, the woman was very upset because they they damaged her hair when they removed her from the exhaust pipe. Mm -hmm. The police report said she was fuming. Mixed day in God, the stock. That's terrible. I know. Do you ever well, get embarrassed at yourself? Oh, never. No, no. Of course not. I know the feeling. No. Only when I get out of the shower. Right. But um, uh, mixed day in the stock market today. Uh, stocks have been mixed throughout the afternoon. We had some gains early this morning. But right now, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is down 27 points. The NASDAQ Composite, though, is up 29. And the S&P 500 holding on to a one-point gain. Used car prices have hit a record high as rising gas prices have boosted consumer demand for smaller vehicles. The car shopping platform Edmunds said the average transaction price for a used vehicle was more than $19,600 in the first quarter, up 2.2% from a year ago, and the highest average price since Edmunds began compiling that data back in 2005. Domino's has a new initiative called Paving for Pizza that will see the company heading to some towns across the country to actually repair potholes and improve roads. Domino's said cracks, bumps, potholes, and other road conditions can put good pizzas at risk after they leave the store. You can nominate your own town for pothole repairs at pavingforpizza.com. I'm Bruce Vale with your money now on 1500 ESPN. All right, thank you very much, Bruce. We'll talk to you in uh, about 58 minutes here. Say, GLers, we got a lot of stuff going on. We've got the red, white, and boom. We've got all sorts of great stuff, and we have fantasy golf. I have no idea what that even is. I, I don't, excuse me, two seconds. Huh? Careful. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to go the right way here. Careful. 
That was from uh, a police movie. Training. Yeah, but I don't get it. What am I missing? Um, okay. When this uh, police officer from Detroit <laughs> yeah. traveled to uh, Beverly Hills, right. um, uh, he was tagged by two officers from the Beverly Hills Police Department. Right. They and were tasked he, with following him around. Right. And he wanted to lose them. Yeah. So he ordered a, uh, a chicken salad or shrimp salad sandwich for the cops. And he put bananas in their tailpipe so it would clog the exhaust. Oh, yeah. So the car would stall and he would get away to and go. And the with food was used as a distraction. Food, uh, their food uh, it comes back to everything. Here's John Hyde, the yep. newsroom. Would that, Did uh, you know right away? Would, I knew as soon as you mentioned okay, it on the air. Thank you. Would that work uh, in real life? I, I have no, no idea. That wouldn't clog that, I don't right? Think so. I don't think so. I don't know. Who cares? I don't know either. You've yeah. seen that movie, haven't you, Joe? Yeah, but it's not the point of reference of my life. <laughs> Well, it should be. Partly cloudy. You can learn a lot of life lessons. Yeah. It's 77 degrees out there. Twins open up a three-game series in Detroit tonight. Jake Odorizzi on the mound for the Twins. Lefty Blaine Hardy goes for the Twins. Uh, twins bring back a familiar face. Matt Belisle's been signed. He'll be joining the Twins in Detroit. Pitched for the team last year, of course, made 62 appearances. He was their closer the last two months of the year, had nine saves for them. He started this season with Cleveland, uh, but he was outright in early May and released yesterday. The Twins designated infielder Gregorio Petit for assignment to make room on the roster. And Joe, we learned earlier, courtesy of Josh Wetzel, who was the play-by-play voice for the Rochester Red Wings, and he's a, a guest on Royce's show every once in a while. Uh, Joe Maurer on his rehab assignment will wear number 43, to which I suggested maybe that it should have just went with 463. <laughs> uh, I what should... number is he really? Seven. Seven, Seven yeah. I should remind you this update is brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Store. Proud sponsor. Well, not after that. But sponsor of the beer show <laughs> here uh, with Mr. Reavers Thursday nights at 1500 ESPN. Thank you, John. News 463. I get it. The double play. Mm. Second base to short to first. Boom. News notes from today. Thanks to the help of a canine officer, a bank robbery in Bloomington ended with the suspect in custody yesterday. Police responded to a robbery in progress at the Premier Bank at 500 West 98th Street just after 9 in the morning. When police got there, the suspect had already left the scene. An investigation led the FBI and police to an apartment building on the 5200 block of West 100th Street. Uh, 102nd Street, excuse me, just before 11 in the morning. Authorities made contact with the suspect inside the apartment. Police said the suspect ran to the balcony and jumped to the apartment below, forcing his way into that apartment, then left that apartment by climbing off the balcony to the ground, ran a short distance before a canine officer named Blue apprehended him. The suspect is 26-year-old Javon Dominique Grant of St. Paul, currently in jail on probable cause robbery charges. We got to get the canine dog after you again at the fair no, this I year. I think it's Rook. your turn, uh, young man. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm just short of fifty years old, and I can't do that anymore. There's a story in the Pioneer Press of a dog that was attacked by a deer. Yeah, I uh, have, that, have that. Not in this uh, newscast, but right. I have that. All right, for very later, good. I won't mention later today. Yeah. I should also mention uh, this is you're going to see this everywhere. It's all over today. Uh, raccoon apparently scaled yeah. some skyscrapers in St. Paul today, and all people, over the Twitter sphere. People are amazed by it, and there's pictures of it, news stories of it. Uh, now, I looked this up uh, just to see, and yes, raccoons can pretty much climb anything. Huh. There's only a few things they can't climb. I wonder why they wanted to go to the top of a building. 
Well, it laid down. Uh, somebody else posted a picture of it in their office. It laid in the windowsill. Wow. Just laid outside, you know, 19 stories No up. fear of heights. What building know. is that downtown St. Paul? I can't tell. US, from the it's uh, the USB building. USB. Thank oh, you. okay. Yeah, USB building. So you'll see that everywhere online. It's everywhere huh. this afternoon. So. Well, you know what he wanted? A, a better view. Maybe. Several prominent Russians, some in... What day is this? This is Tuesday, Joe. Why? Well, it, it explains a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> Several prominent Russians, some in President Vladimir Putin's inner circle or high in the Russian Orthodox Church, now have been identified as having contact with National Rifle Association... Uh, Osation, National Rifle <laughs> Association officials during the 2016 U.S. election campaign. The contacts have emerged amid a deepening Justice Department investigation into whether Russian banker and lifetime NRA member Alexander Torshin channeled money through the gun rights group to add financial firepower to Donald Trump's 2016 presidential campaign. It's illegal for foreign money to be donated to a candidate's campaign in U.S. elections. Investigators say as the contacts took place, Kremlin cyber operatives were secretly hacking emails of Democrats and Republicans and barraging American social media accounts with fake news stories aimed at damaging the image of Democratic presidential frontrunner Hillary Clinton. A court filing in the federal case against a neighbor who tackled U.S. Senator Rand Paul says the neighbor lost his temper over yard debris on the property line between their homes. <laughs> that neighbor, Dr. Renee Boucher, is asking a judge to grant probation in the case. Prosecutors, though, they want a 21-month prison sentence. A sentencing memorandum filed by Boucher's attorney said Paul repeatedly placed what they called unsightly yard debris near the property line. On the day before the November 3rd attack, Boucher burned some debris left by Paul, according to the document. The next day, Paul put more debris on the spot where the pile had been burned. Boucher, mm, that's taunting. Boucher has pleaded guilty to assaulting a member of Congress. He's scheduled to be sentenced this Friday. What would, what do they call it? What debris? Yard debris. Yard debris. Yard debris. What is it, like leaves? Leaves, or? probably, yeah. yeah. Okay. Maybe branches, mm. that kind of thing. Uh, a horrible ending to that standoff story we had yesterday. Oh, God. Man who police say shot an officer before barricading himself in a Florida apartment killed the four children he had been holding hostage before killing himself, according to police. Police Chief John Mina told a news conference that the suspect, who was identified as 35-year-old Gary Wayne Lindsay Jr., was found dead in a closet when officers entered the apartment nearly 24 hours after the whole thing began. Mina said officers tried to offer one of their phones to Lindsay, whose phone had spotty service. When they did that, they saw that one of the children had been killed, so authorities entered the apartment around 9 p.m., hoping to rescue the others, but all were found dead. The children with Lindsay were 1, 6, 10, and 11 Two of them were Lindsay's children. Two of them were his girlfriends. She had originally called police Sunday to start the whole thing. An FBI agent whose gun appeared to accidentally fire in a video showing him dancing at a Denver nightclub and doing a backflip before dropping the weapon has turned himself in to Denver police. Chase Bishop, who was based in the Bureau's Washington field office, has been booked into jail, not formally charged by the Denver district attorney. Have you guys seen this video, I'm yeah, assuming? I have. <laughs> According to what the, was he doing? I I didn't see it. He was did he, a, doing he was the worm? dancing and then he did a backflip. When he did the yeah. backflip, the gun fell out of his back and went off. Well, he, when <laughs> yeah. he went down to pick it up, it he pulled the trigger and it hit a dude in the leg. According to the Denver Post, Bishop turned himself in this morning after an arrest warrant was issued by Denver police. He's being held on suspicion of second degree assault. Uh, Denver police had previously said they were awaiting the results of alcohol and drug tests. I'm going to guess both positive. 
<laughs> Video from the June 3rd incident shows Bishop landing of the backflip at the Mile High Spirits Bar, yeah. reaching down to pick up the weapon that had fallen from his pants as he grabs the gun. It can be seen firing. man who identified himself in an interview with Good Morning America's Thomas Reddington was shot in the leg. The 29-year-old bishop was off duty and on vacation when the shooting happened. He was taken to the Denver Police Department headquarters, later released to an FBI supervisor. FBI says they're conducting an internal investigation into the incident. I got to imagine, you know, if you're going to be going out to the Mile High Studio Dance Club, that if you're going to be doing a backflip, you might want to be making sure that the old weapon's not in the waistband. I don't think you want to bring a loaded weapon onto the dance floor, if you know what I mean. (laughs) I think I do. An alert posted. Shot me again. Yeah. Ooh, ah. An alert posted by the main Department of Transportation last week cautioned drivers about a slippery road due to caterpillars. Oh, and gross. The alert remained online for three days until it was changed to the caterpillar incident. Don't we usually get the cleared. Mayfly deal? I didn't know that caterpillars were a problem, too. Yeah, this was on, you can get them. Oh. This was on <laughs> Route 15, also known as Mines Road in Blue Hill, Maine. The road stained yellow from cars squashing caterpillars. Gross. The air stinks and the road is slippery. Uh, that uh, prompted the DOT warning. A DOT sign in the area cautioned drivers about the slippery road for several miles. The Department of Agriculture, Conservation, and Forestry said the caterpillars are wandering as oak trees in the area are defoliated. Said the culprits are primarily forest tent caterpillars, but there's some gypsy moth feeding as well. Uh, they should wrap up by the end of June, according to the those locusts folks. are here. I can remember a time when that was a problem with frogs. Oof. Frogs? Mm-hmm. It's not mm. anymore, uh, but it used to be the frogs would be where so about around White Bear Lake. They would be so abundant that you you'd be driving over them on the road. Huh? <laughs> Guilt free? <laughs> no, I I'm pro frog. I didn't like doing that. Got it. A lot of turtles on the road lately. Have you noticed that? No, I haven't. I've seen three of Take them in the last week. In the, I, uh, middle I'm of the like, highway. God, this show's going to be old. Middle of the highway. <laughs> you like turtles? Turtles. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Here's Dave Dahl. Thank you, Joe. We're up to 77 degrees. Very muggy out there right now. Dew points in the upper 60s. But that's going to change later on this evening. I think we'll see this cool front kind of drag through probably around 8 p.m. tonight. And as that moves through, the dew points will drop into the lower 50s, maybe even upper 40s by tomorrow morning. The actual temperature drops down to 58. Now, there could be some thunderstorms that form this afternoon, probably uh, between about 5 and 7 p.m. from the Twin Cities area eastward. I think most of them are going to occur in the western portion of Wisconsin. Some of them could be strong if they develop fast enough. Uh, at this point, it doesn't look like uh, that will affect much of our viewing area or listening area here in eastern Minnesota and western Wisconsin. Should continue to push off toward the east overnight tonight and get very comfortable here. 82 with partly cloudy skies, less humid tomorrow. 82 on Thursday, an isolated thunderstorm possible late. And some isolated storms over the weekend, but it's going to be hot and sticky. 87 on Friday, 91 on Saturday, 92 on Sunday. It does cool down early next week, back in the lower 80s for highs with some more thunderstorms storms, especially on Monday. Tonight, though, maybe an isolated thunderstorm this evening to our east, uh, otherwise low down to 58. Right now, we're at 77, Joe, and I have the records for the day. June 12. 95 on this date. 95. 1956. Man, that's about three days in a row for 1956. They had a hot string going. Wow. 39. 39. In 1877. In 1877. Thank you. Thank you, Joe.
After two men approached her, the decline of moral and ethical integrity. Let's hear it. After two men approached a woman in St. Paul, one stole her cell phone and they didn't stop there. The other punched her seven-year-old daughter in the mouth. Wow. Does it get any lower than that? No, it doesn't. That's pretty bad. Police were notified at 1 p.m. Sunday about the assault and robbery at a bus stop on the north side. The 30-year-old woman was with her son and daughter at Rice Street and Hoyt Avenue when two men who appeared to be in their 20s rode up on bicycles, said Steve Linders, a St. Paul police spokesman. Without saying anything, one man grabbed the phone out of the woman's hand and the other punched her daughter. Wouldn't you like to find these guys? Yeah, I would. Be kind of you're fun. real tough, too, when you're singling out a mom yeah. that's by herself with yeah. your kids. Wouldn't you like to find these tough guys? Yes, I would. I'm I know you fight. would, Reeves. I, want, I would want Reeves with me when we found them. Yeah, to confuse them. <laughs> Paramedics checked out the girl had a swollen upper lip. She didn't need to go to the hospital. That's good. So I... She wouldn't hit that hard, I guess, huh? Boy, I hope she had her tracking on her phone. I hope that's hope they can ping it. Uh, they were last seen riding away on their bicycles, and police did not find them. Mm-hmm. But, hey, what we need is more bike lanes. There right? we go. To get so those thieves can can get free quick. They're, these are cyclists. I'm sure they're law-abiding yeah. cyclists. Got to get those plastic bags taken care of, too. Right. Well, we're, we're, we're on board here with the plastic. <laughs> I've come full circle on the plastic. I can't, I don't want to look at any more pictures of a whale with 14 tons of plastic in his gut. Yeah, don't forget about 15 bucks an hour, too. Does the name Todd Entrican mean anything to you? Entrican. Entrican. It should. Not. I'm sure, though, that if you asked me that, I would also have not uh, been able to remember his name. Give me a clue. Alabama Sheriff. What did he do? The Something Alabama like Sheriff. Mm-hmm. Okay, hang on, hang on. The Alabama Sheriff, he made... No, that's the other guy. It has to do with money, and it has to do with food. Alabama Sheriff. Mm-hmm. He's the guy who... It gave uh, rewards? No. He's mm-hmm. the guy who pocketed approximately 750 grand from the what? Yes. Uh, the inmate meal funds. Yes, yes. Now I remember completely. Yep. And he just lost uh, his Republican primary bid for re-election. Yeah, Thankfully. he was skimming off. Thankfully. Say. He took seven hundred and fifty grand in jail food funds and later purchased a seven hundred and forty grand beach home, according to a March report. The money was part of funds earmarked as jail food funds for the past three years and reportedly comes from federal, state, and municipal sources. He claims he was within his rights to do this, remember? Yay. Entrican admitted that he pocketed the funds, pointing to a pre-World War II state law that allowed sheriffs to keep excess funds not used for inmate inmate food provisions. Well, we all can probably deduce why that was a pre-World War II state law. As you should be aware, Alabama law is clear as to my personal financial responsibilities in the in the feeding of inmates. Entrican. told Alabama.com, regardless of one's opinion of this statute, until the legislature acts otherwise, the sheriff must follow the current law. No, you creep. You, you, you've you been outed. You lost your election. You're a no-good fraud. Jerk. You're a thief. The outlet reported that in a number of Alabama counties, any money allocated to sheriffs for feeding inmates that is not used for that purpose is instead turned over to the county government. Rainbow City Police Chief Jonathan Horton who defeated Entrican in the GOP primary for sheriff, 
previously decried entry transactions. I believe the funds belong to the taxpayers and any excess funds should go towards things that benefit the taxpayer, Horton said. There's been a tremendous amount of money left over that shouldn't be used as a bonus check. Well, not only that, but how are you shortchanging the inmates? You must be providing them a terrible diet. Right. If you have a million bucks left over. They're paying too much for this program, too, then. Uh, Entrican lost in the Republican primary and conceded to Horton. Horton is expected to take over as Etowah County Sheriff, uh, in Etowah County's sheriff, Etowah County's new sheriff, uh, according to AL.com, so long as there are no Democrats or independent candidates on the ballot for the general election. Uh, multiple potential challengers are considering write-in campaigns. I think this is a credit to running a clean, transparent campaign, Horton said. Hmm. Oh, yeah, he got hammered. AL.com reported that as of election night, with 34 of the county's 35 ballot boxes counted, Horton had received 12,196 votes, and Entrigan had received 6,742 votes. Beat him by twice as much. They meant business. Yeah. The the Gladson Times reported that Entrigan lamented the first article about the inmate feeding fund scandal. We never recovered from that first article, he said, nor should you have, you bum. Mm. And don't hide behind this BS about a pre-World War II law. I Uh, I mean, that doesn't pass the smell test. I've given 36 years to this county, he said, thanking his supporters, for cooking for us, for giving up your Saturdays, for knocking on doors. I'm proud of you and all we've accomplished, Entrican said. All that Entrican accomplished was building himself a... Of uh, seven hundred forty right. grand beach house in the Redneck Riviera. <laughs> Who's the quarterback I'm thinking of for uh, Kenny Stabler? That's where Kenny Stabler hung out. Kenny Stabler, Redneck Riviera, <laughs> former one of the last guests on Monday Night Sports Talk that we, was booked. We had Kenny. Yeah, he had a he had some book out. I remember booking. He's no him. longer with us. I don't. Yeah, think. he passed away yeah. just a couple of years ago. From I bet CTE. he had CTE. Yeah, he did. Why was he the snake? Because he could, because he was pretty good in his day. He was pretty dang good. Can you imagine hanging out with him? Oh, there on a Rolling Saturday St- night. Rolling Stone, I think it was Rolling Stone, did a long, long piece on Kenny Stabler and his and his girlfriend had a name from the Crazy Matrix, Tiffany. And, no, it was like that, and, <laughs> and they were hanging out in the bars in the Redneck Riviera. It was just uh, he had quite the lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? I think I do. Why don't you take us to a? Break? I think I know exactly what you're saying. That's a great point. How could a third of the voters still have voted for that corrupt sheriff? Uh, yeah. You would just say 6,000 6, plus? 6,000 plus votes. <laughs> I, don't I guess know. they didn't care that he took 740 grand of the food money. No, maybe they were invited to the housewarming party. Unbelievable. Well, he lost, so he's good riddance. But he to justified. Him. He still, that yeah, was in my right. Well, the legislature better fix that. I'll see. It's Alabama. <laughs> Sports is coming up next. Yeah. Uh, the Twins resume play tonight. They're in Detroit. Yes. 1,500. Get, get your fantasy golf picks in at 1,500ESPN.com. 1,500 ESPN is KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's 77. I have no vibe on who might win the Open. So 